one to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. When it comes to serving the Lord, there's things that when you start off, you, you don't understand all of it. You, you do get confused, and you get messed up, you stumble, you fall. But just keep walking with the Lord. After a while, you can begin to polish your life a little bit. Cut off some of the rough edges. It's not easy at first. There's always problems and difficulties. But understanding that God's Word is laying out how you're going to understand life. And your Christian life and what's been going on. So chapter 6 is trying to get you and I to understand there's another way to live. This righteous man, how can he bring forth righteous deeds? He's still got this old machine, and the old machine wants to run the copies. And when you do, you'll still produce the anger and the bitterness and the hatefulness, the ugliness. Any Christian sitting in this room is capable of running copies off the old machine. And you can still look just like you did from the original, which is Adam, the first Adam. And... Some of you have uh, little by little learned that there's um, a better way to live and better things for your life. And so you have learned how to use the new machine, how to walk in the Lord, what we call walking in the Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit controls your life and will produce the copies that God really wants to. Uh, I want you just to jump down one so you can see it on your notes there. Look down in verse Uh, Number 7, all the way down to number 7. Chapter 12 to chapter 14, because this is where you're headed. You just haven't got there yet. But it says, shows the product to be produced for God and for others as a result of chapter 8. Chapter 8 is where we talk about the Holy Spirit. But understanding there's a, a new product that God wants out of your life. And so... If you do not learn how to yield to God, because that's where your conflict is always going to be, your will versus God's will, what God wants to produce in your life and what you want to do. Uh, Sometimes it's easier to walk in the old shoes because when you get a new pair of shoes, sometimes they rub a blister on your foot. And those old, ugly shoes, they're just so comfortable. It's hard sometimes for Betty to get me out of a pair of dungarees that I've worn for so long or a pair of shoes that I really like. She says, Yankee, those things look terrible. I'm going to throw them things away. No, 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 no. And some of you are the same way. 
because you've, you're used to walking a certain way. You don't want to change some things. Well, remember, with the Lord, after you trust Christ as Savior, God wants change in your life, believe it or not. And he says, it is not the will of God. He says, depart from iniquity. God wants you and I to live a righteous life, a good life, a godly life. We don't do it to get to heaven, but we should because we're going to heaven. We're God's children. This is how God wants his children to live. And so when you get to chapter 12 and 13 and 14, see, it's talking about what does this new machine, what does it produce? If I was to allow the Holy Spirit to control my life, what will be the results of it? And this is what God's talking about. There's going to be good results, what he's been looking for. Remember when he came to the nation of Israel, he was looking for fruit on the fig tree? Well, it really wasn't the fig tree that he was looking for. It really wasn't the figs on the fig tree that he's looking for. Israel is a type of the fig tree, and he was looking for the fruits of righteousness. And it says every tree that does not bring forth the fruit of righteousness, he's going to cut down. Well, so that's a picture of every lost man in the world. God's going to cut them down because all the trees cannot produce the right fruit. And so you have to be made in the image of Christ in order to bring forth the right product. So God says that um, when you trust him as your Savior, uh, then you're now able to produce the fruit that God wants you to bring forth in your life. Now go back there to number uh, four. Number four is Romans chapter seven deals with, shows why the new copies are not to run on the old machine. There's a conflict with double image. And then people will not understand because they look at your life. And one moment... You're, you're looking and acting like a saint of God that's been saved for a hundred years. And then you look like a lost man that's never learned anything in your life. Sometimes I, I like to play a game of golf. And once in a while, when I hit the ball and it goes in the woods, I think to myself, I'm better than this. I know I'm better than this. It's not the weather. It's not the golf ball. It's not the club. I wonder what the problem is. I can't figure out what the problem is. It's a beautiful day. There's nothing wrong with the golf course. There's nothing wrong with my clubs. Nothing wrong with the ball. What can it be? And I still haven't figured out what the problem is. Must be the tea I've been using, the golf tea. That's probably what the problem is. I need to get me a magic tea. And sometimes it takes a while before I realize, it's me. It's me. And when I want to try to change and correct something, if I don't keep doing it, I revert back to the same way I've always done it. It's so easy just to revert back. And under pressure, you'll play the same way. You watch the pros, and they're always talking about that. Well, that swing or with that way he puts will it hold up under pressure and a lot of times it breaks down and they can do super until it's uh sunday afternoon the last day of a tournament and then guy blows up 
because you revert back under pressure to being the way you used to be. Now, in your life, how you handle problems <laughs> under pressure. You say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. And then under pressure, you'll copy it again and do the same thing. Why? Because it's so easy. That's how you've been doing That's the way you've been running the copies. And so you just produce a few more of them. And so whenever you have one moment in your life where it seems like, oh, these are beautiful copies, and then you have these copies, and people are going to get a different reading from your life. I said, well, no. He says he loves the Lord, but look at his life. Now, see, you don't love God to get to heaven, but because you do love the Lord, you should seek to bring forth the right copies. The things that people see, the way you act, talk, think, all these things are revealed by your life. So it's important. So in chapter 7, and I've taught chapter 7 many times, because I have a sermon that I have on it called Mr. Law and Mr. Mr. Love. Some of y'all remember the sermon. Mr. Law and Mr. Love and how we explain that. Now, when I go through this and we go to get to chapter 7, we won't do it all in one lesson because we're going to take the time and really look at it and go through it very carefully. But whenever I'm preaching a sermon on something, then I just hit boom, 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 and it's a sermon, and it's in a, a one-moment affair. But when you go through it, you can stop anywhere and start anywhere. That's what I like about going through the books. You don't have to stop anywhere in particular, just according to the time, like this morning. I can ramble, do anything I want to do, but when it's time to stop, I have to stop, right? But does it really matter where I am? No, because we're going to continue there the next time. That's such easy teaching. It's the easiest there is. But look at number uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 shows the new power, which is the Holy Spirit, for running the new machine. This is the new man. Runs on a different source of power. And this is the key. And many people say, well, there's the, the magic of chapter 7 is found in chapter 8. It's how you're able to perform. Because in chapter 7, it says, that is talking about the flesh. How to perform that which is good, I find not. I don't know how to perform. I don't know how to get done what I want to get done. Uh, just hold your place right here. But just look there in chapter 7 real quick. Romans in chapter 7. In other words, just to kind of give you a quick little picture here. In Romans in chapter 7, notice the desire to produce the good copies, but the bad copies keep showing up. For that which I do, I allow not. In other words, I didn't want to do it. I didn't, want to, I didn't give myself permission to do that. Did you know that it would be great if you could control your thoughts every moment, but you can't? We'd like to. You don't always control your tongue. You, you may want to, but you ever slip? Say something you shouldn't have said? With a tone that you wished you hadn't have said it in? I'd done that one time. 1963, I think it was. <laughs> it, look what it said. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. See, the copies are not coming out according to what he wanted. He's producing something he doesn't want to produce. In verse 16, if then I do that which I would not, I can send to the law that it is good. 
Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. See, he has this old sinful nature. So he finally figured out, I've been running it on the old machine. So, but he doesn't know how to run the new one. Isn't that sometimes the difficulty with most Christians is, how do I get the righteous deeds to come from the new man? How can I live the way God wants me to live? It's like I don't have the strength, I don't have the power. I, I, I want to, but I, I mess up, and it's just like a, a hopeless situation. Look at verse 18. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. In other words, all I get is bad copies. For to will is present. We mean the desire is there to produce good copies, but I keep producing the bad copies. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. How to perform. How do I get good copies from this old duplicating machine? How do I run it? And so many people are not understanding that there is the Holy Spirit and how he works. You try to run the new copies on the old machine and do it in the flesh or manually. And that's what wears you out. This is why you hear people say, well, I'm just burnt out. I'm burnt out. That means you've been trying to do the Lord's work in the energy of the flesh. And the flesh can't produce. It cannot sustain. It fools you, deceives you, wears you out. And you just get totally frustrated. And why try anymore? And so that's what goes on in a Christian's life. But now, there is an answer. That, but look what he says here in verse 19. He says, for the good that I would, I do not do. The evil which I would not, well, that's what I wound up doing. Does that seem like you sometimes? You try, but you just mess up. So he says, for the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. It's that old sinful nature. It's that old machine. That, that machine is running and producing these bad copies. So what God says is, you and I, we're supposed to live as though we don't have that old duplicated machine anymore. That's why he talks about the old man is what? Dead. He's to be reckoned as dead. In other words, I don't run that machine. I'm not going to try to produce any copies off that old machine. Can you try to live your life as though you don't have a sinful nature? Now, you do. Understand it. You do. But wouldn't it be great if we could live as though we didn't have one? Now, when we get to heaven, we won't have that old sinful nature. But while we're here, we do. When we get to heaven, see, we won't have to worry about the old man and the lies and the cheating and the stealing and the bad thoughts and the wickedness and all. You won't have that. The Holy Spirit, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Not even a lie can enter there. That's the way we're going to be when we get there, but we're not there yet. There's two of us living inside of this body. My first birth with that old sinful nature that produces bad copies. And then I got my new birth. And God wants to produce some fruits of righteousness from the new machine. But the new machine runs off of a different source. And this is where a lot of Christians never learn the key. Because they don't learn how to rest or trust or depend upon God. We're so impatient. We want everything now. We're not willing to listen, to learn, 
And so therefore we take matters into our own hands and we try to make things happen and it just doesn't work that way. And you're going to get totally frustrated in the Christian life. So that's why he says down here in verse 24, O wretched man, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I've got this old body. And it's terrible. And that's what you're going to do. So now the key is, of course, chapter 8. Why? Because this is where you start talking about something else. See there in verse 2 of chapter 8. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the, and here's that word, flesh, God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness, get that, the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, but not by us. As he says, who walk not after the flesh, after the spirit. So now, God it wants us to learn how to walk after the spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give you the strength and the grace that you need to produce the fruits of righteousness. But you can't do it because you're just negative. Well, I don't drink, smoke, didn't chew, and go with the girls who do. I know, but that doesn't mean you produced anything. Just because you took the apples off the tree doesn't mean you put lemons on it. And just because you took certain things out of your life doesn't mean that you put into your life the thing that God wanted to be in your life. So that's why you have all these scriptures. But remember, there is a progression here. In, in teaching people, this is where you were. You were without God. You were lost. You're all sinners. Can't save yourself. And boom, Christ died on the cross. God sent his righteousness into the world and was manifested for us. And so we're justified by faith and faith alone. And it just walks you through the Christian life. So the whole book, if you back up and try to see, okay, this is where we started and this is where we are, and this is where God wants me to end up. So now I know what God is trying to produce in my life. It'll help you to understand the book better, because as you go through it, and then it gives you a lot of little detailed stuff in there, and you'll have a better understanding, a better grasp of it. Wouldn't it be neat if all of God's people understood the will of God for their life? What's he trying to do? It's, it's good when a woman just goes into the kitchen and she just starts throwing stuff together in this thing and just starts doing it. And I walk in the house and say, honey, what are you making? She said, I haven't got a clue. Well, doesn't that make a difference about what you put into it? I don't know. We're just going to, whatever it is. Well, I would rather her follow a recipe. You see, God has a recipe. And if the recipe is followed, God knows what it will produce. And so, the only way you get a strong godly man down the road or a godly woman down the road is that they followed his recipe. That will not happen accidentally. It has to be on purpose. So you have to understand what God wants, what God's doing, what he's trying to produce. And if I know my wife is going to make a cake, okay, then that means she has to put certain things in it. She's going to make a pie? Oh, well, that means something else. She's going to get me a cup of coffee. That means she's got to put coffee in it. Cup of tea. She's going to have to put tea in it. What is it that God wants to make out of your life? So as you read it, 
and understand it, it's beautiful. So in chapter 8, it talked about the Holy Spirit. This is the power to run the new duplicating machine. And God says that this will always produce. It'll never run out of energy. And he'll never separate you. You can always produce the fruits of righteousness from now on. Because you see, the first is death. The second is life. means to live forever. And so, then you come to chapter 9, 10, and 11. Chapter 9, 10, and 11 is like a parenthetical expression in a sentence. You can take those three chapters out of the book of Romans, and it'll flow right through perfectly from chapter 8 and go right into chapter 12. And it won't miss a beat. But in these three chapters is something that's important for us to know, how God dealt with Israel. So chapter 9 deals with the past of Israel. Chapter 10 deals with the present of Israel. And chapter 11 deals with the future of Israel. And these three chapters will tell you the story of the whole book of Romans, of how God did a work with Israel, and how that Israel disobeyed, and how that God dealt with Israel, and how they're going to come back, and how he's going to be forgiving. There's a lesson in here somewhere, because it's to help you and I understand, as Gentiles, what God did with the Jew, and God's going to take and teach us some of the same lesson. So by the time you get to chapter 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Israel was conformed to the world. She reproduced the wrong things. And so God had to, and he's going to, Totally, one day, destroy that old copying machine. And when you and I pass away in this life, it's going to truly be the death of the old copy machine. And you won't have to worry about producing anything evil anymore. We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to be with him wherein dwelleth righteousness. And with him we shall be forever. And the Lord says, and comfort one another with these words. So they're very good words. But look there in chapter, uh, on your notes there, the, the last one, 15 and 16. In other words, when you produce the fruits of righteousness, the works of righteousness, what will it do to you personally? What will it do for you? Everybody always wants to know, well, what's in it for me? Well, this is where you will learn the God of patience, the God of peace, the God of hope. Those are chapter 15 and 16. You see there, shows the glory, the patience, the hope, the love, and appreciation for what God is doing in bringing forth righteousness from righteous people. I think I misspelled a word there, but y'all didn't catch that. I'm glad y'all didn't catch that misspelled word. During I believe it's supposed to be doing, is doing in bringing forth righteousness from righteous people. It's the first mistake I've ever made. That came from that old copy machine. It wasn't my fault. But anyway, 
I hope that uh, that helps you a little bit. And then starting next Sunday morning in Sunday school, we're going to go back and start breaking it down. And but by the time you get through with the whole 16 chapters, you'll have a, a really good grasp of the, of the whole Christian life. How it starts and how it ends. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. God doesn't want us to go to hell. He wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, yeah, we've got to be perfect. And nobody's perfect. But because we've all sinned, we're all condemned. We're condemned to an everlasting fire in hell. And so God says you cannot save yourself. You can't deliver yourself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into this world because he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. You see, our sin separates us from God. So what Christ did was he took the way that which separated us. He took our sins, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. He said if we would believe he did it for us, he would put the payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I urge you to trust the Lord today, not tomorrow, today. This is urgent. I had a man tell me one time, not now. I said, would you do me a favor? He said, sure. I said, don't die. He said, I can't control that. Point well taken. Can't you see why you need to trust the Lord right now? Because you're not guaranteed another minute. But do you understand the consequences by rejecting Christ as your Savior? It's not just a little game we play. To reject this payment Christ made, you're rejecting Christ, you're rejecting God, you're rejecting His love, you're rejecting His salvation. And there's a great consequence for doing so. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I urge you to do so. If you're watching by internet, you can do it right where you are. You don't have to walk an aisle, sign a card. You don't have to give any money. You don't have to do anything. Salvation is the gift of God. It's free. All he wants you to do is believe that when he died on that cross, he died for you. He paid for your sins so that you wouldn't have to pay for them. So if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I hope you see the urgency of doing so. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Always intending to, but just maybe haven't done it yet. Maybe you're getting your last warning. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask for a raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And you're saying, preacher, that made sense to me. I want to know I have eternal life. And I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. And I'd like for you to pray for me. Friend, I'd love to do that. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. It's just to let me know. I'm not going to embarrass you. But does anyone at all say, yes, preacher, I will trust Christ right now. And I want you to pray for him. Would you slip you in here very quickly, put it right back down. Anyone at all. Anyone at all, just slip it up very quickly. I will not have you embarrassed or have you forward or do anything to you. Anyone at all. That means that every one of y'all in this room, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, take this thing seriously. Find out those in your family. Talk to them. Ask them. Do you know you're going to heaven when you die? You've got to have that urgent, that compassion that they know you really love them and you really care about them. Not to say anything. Does that mean you don't really care? Make it a point of your life.
that this is what my life going to be about. Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. We thank you for this time together. And we thank you for the ministry you've given us and for the souls that have been reached. And for the people here that give and sacrifice and work so hard. We thank you for your watch, care, and your love and all your provision. We pray that the donations that people give would be sufficient to take care of the needs that are coming. We thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, He would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.